0: on podcast network your team every day you are locked on big 10 your daily podcast on the big 10 conference part of the locked on podcast network
1: your team every day Welcome into Locked On Big Ten. Everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. Alongside our Friday co-host and the host of Locked On Spartans, Matt Sheehan, I'm Nate Dickinson. We're talking about the Olympics and everything going on with the NBA draft, of course, today. And everything going on with just college sports still in general. It's a big a big week of talking about the SEC and the Big 12 here on Locked On Big Ten. But it's with good reason. As It's all, of course, relevant to what's going on here in our conference, too. And Matt, will start there. Yesterday, the SEC actually officially approving those two schools coming in, Texas and Oklahoma. So this is happening now. At the very latest 2025, we've had people throughout the week say that they think it could probably and would probably happen a lot faster than that. But we'll get to all that in a minute, just what are your biggest thoughts and takeaways just from this actually being approved by the SEC? Something that I guess we weren't not expecting to happen once this ball got rolling, but now it's official. This is going to
0: go down. Yeah. It just seemed like this was, you know, the, the biannual event where, oh, it's rumored that there's going to be a conference shuffle, Yada, yada, yada. No, it happened and it happened very fast. So it, it's a whirlwind and, I'd imagine, too, like what's going to happen with the rest of the Big 12? Do they start getting teams from the American? Do they start breaking off into the Big 10, Pac-12? Like, I, I don't know. I, I think that's going to happen fast, too. Basically, Nate, I, I'm, I'm stressed. I'm overwhelmed. I don't. I, I like when things happen slow when they're a big change. And, yes, it doesn't take into effect until 2025, but, oh, my goodness gracious. This took, like, a week to materialize. That is,
1: that, that is too fast for my weak heart, man. I, I don't like it. It doesn't sit well with me. Well, that's one thing I think may actually happen all the way at 2025 is just because of the media rights, these guys actually staying with the Big 12 until that time. But as far as everything else with the Big 12, maybe falling apart, other schools leaving, that all can start happening very, very quickly, I feel now. When do you think is the timeline for other schools to get around this thing? And as we've asked pretty much everyone we've had on this week, I'll ask you too. Who do you think are the biggest candidates to get into the Big Ten?
0: Yeah, I think the two teams that make the most sense are probably, just from a geographical standpoint, um, Kansas and Iowa State. I I think those are the two. Bring the Big Ten up to 16 teams. I I don't necessarily think that they'll poach anyone else. Kansas State, okay, that's exciting. You know, getting the Manhattan, Kansas media market over there. Uh, What else do you got? You got TCU. How fun's that? No, I think it's just going to be the Cyclones and the Jayhawks that probably get the invite to round it up to a smooth 16 teams here in the Big Ten. But as to when it happens, like, I keep thinking, like, it might happen soon. Like, you're going to get the agreement in place for the future. But then again, like, are are the rest of the schools really hot commodities? I get that Texas and Oklahoma, like, I mean, hell, they weren't even courted in front of the public eye. That was all behind-the-scenes work. Now that it's all in the public eye, I mean, I uh, none of these teams are necessarily Texas or can't or Oklahoma, so maybe you can wait a little bit. Maybe there will be a waiting game here, but that's a long way of saying,, <laughs> I don't know what's gonna happen, man. it's it's crazy crazy times these days.
1: I mean, we've mentioned throughout the week that the football is what makes these moves. And the schools that are most appealing to the Big Ten at least from a, a competition standpoint, are the basketball schools. So there's kind of that at least push and pull in my head trying to figure out how how do you get that balance of keeping everything competitive because the Big Ten has it nicely right now. There's big traditional powerhouse blue blood football schools that are also consistently the best basketball conference in all of the country. So I, I think what the Big Ten has right now is hard to sustain I think if you want to keep that up, you have to pretty much break any of the geographical things we've talked about. Andrew Wade had talked before about the AAU certification that I think yeah. is going to have to get thrown out the window to at some point, if the big 10 wants to be able to keep up with everybody else. But right now it seems like, I don't know if there's another fit out there, at least in the big 12 for the big 10 to pick up. Maybe Oklahoma state would be someone like that that can compete on both sides, or at least has most recently with Cade Cunningham and basketball, but The only other thing I've seen really kind of proposed here on the show, at least, that I think would make a huge impact is what Isaiah Holst said yesterday, which was trying to bring in Notre Dame and USC into this conference, which, again, totally just breaks off everything geographically that you would want to think about. And, of course, for Notre Dame, it breaks off more than a century of saying, no, I'm not going to do that. Sure.
0: Yeah, you're going to have to bring the, the whole bank vault and some to Notre Dame for them to agree to that deal. Um, and if you're going to do Notre Dame and USC, might as well just you know try Oregon, kick the tires on them, uh, see what they got going on, just for that nice competitive balance, and not even for competitive balance, but just for fun, Hawaii. Like just get out there, just see if you can go to the <laughs> islands for a little bit here. I wouldn't mind a nice old road trip out there for our Spartans or whatever Big Ten team you guys root for. Oh, eh. I know. Let's get nuts. Mo- Move it up to around 20. 16, what am I talking
1: about? No, bring us to the top, baby. That's right. I mean, that's where we're headed right now. The SEC wants to take on all the schools it can, and with the power it has, it's able to pull up Texas and Oklahoma out of the Big 12. That's what has people asking, writing big think pieces on. Would Michigan yeah. and Ohio State do this kind of thing? Would USC, UCLA do this kind of thing? It's all that kind of stuff that kind of has to be talked about now because up until, like you said at the top of the show this point, it had just been this kind of thing that we did every summer to kind of find something to talk about, whether or not this was actually going to happen. Now it's actually happening and a conference may be crumbling and the Big Ten, uh, at least in my mind, is going to have to pick up some sort of pieces here to try and keep itself fed. But I don't know what those are to be able to fit into what the Big Ten wants to be. Right now, and I don't think at least going forward, it can be 100% in every aspect that we've already discussed what it wants to be or is at the moment. Things are going to have to change at some point. I'm just having a hard time figuring out which way things change and how exactly the conference decides to go about it. And exactly trying to figure out what Kevin Warren's going to do isn't the easiest thing either.
0: No, of course not. Yeah, I feel like there's going to be this cloud looming over us that's very reminiscent of the Super League talk that was going on in Europe. Earlier this year, just and for those unfamiliar, basically the Super League was going to be taking the top clubs from all these European leagues and forming one giant mega league so they can play. It was going to cut against all the tradition, everything the game is beautiful for. It was going to be a huge moneymaker. And in the end, they said, no, this isn't really in the spirit of the game. The spirit of the game in America is making as much money as possible. So, like, I could totally see that being the case here. I don't think they're going to sit down at the end being like, oh, no, it it takes away from the college tradition. Like, screw that. Like, they're going to do whatever they can to make the most money. Whether that's right or wrong, that's for a different podcast episode. But, so, yeah, that that does fascinate me. Like, maybe every big team, like Ohio State, Penn State, Notre Dame, Michigan, maybe they do just all go to the SEC. And the SEC one day is now sitting on, like, 28 teams all the best, like yeah. I, I mean, I do. I think that's a likely scenario. No, but I would, you know, be foolish to think that would never happen in a thousand years. So
1: yeah, that's where we are now. Fun times here, Nate. Uh, I mean, we said it earlier this week. We said it uh, on our Twitter at Locked Big Ten and at my Twitter at Nate with Sports. I think is maybe where it came out. Where it, it's all about the money right now, and yeah. uh, at least I think my biggest theory is to like long, long term stuff is eventually if the money's driving things that we do get some sort of professional like league where we have some sort of like major league and minor league at some point for all these teams, but that's a long ways down the road, but maybe not as long as what we're all thinking about right now. But again, I do think that at least for the moment, the big 12 stays until those media rights are up in 2025. That's a lot of money. And maybe at some point somebody decides to pay a little bit of it to get it out sooner. But that, that could be something that ends up happening down the road. I think what happens first is more schools looking into and seeing if they can join some other conferences. And we'll, of course, talk about that more when it all happens. Right now, we've got basketball to talk. The NBA draft yesterday, seven Big Ten players taken, only one of them in the first round, which was a bit of a surprise. But we'll talk about all of them here on Locked On Big Ten with Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spartans as we continue the show in just a moment. Hey, Nate Dickinson here with Locked On Big Ten, here to tell you a little bit more about Built Bar, helping you get the show here today. Built Bar is the place to go for all of your protein needs. They have more than 15 grams of protein per bar, with less than 5 net grams of carbs and 5 grams of sugars as well. It's all the healthy stuff you want without any of that unwanted filler, but great flavor too. Bilt Bar has 100% chocolate in every single bar, and these things taste outstanding, People are loving the new Grasshopper flavor. It's supposed to be a little bit of a play on the mint brownie Girl Scout cookies that people like so much. So you can go and try that or any other flavor out right now at BuiltBar.com and save some money by using our promo code LOCKED15. That's LOCKED15 for 15% off your first order at BuiltBar.com. Built Bar, the official pro-team bar of the U.S. track and field team, so you know these guys are legit. That's Built Bar helping you get the show here today, and we thank you, Built Bar. Welcome back into Locked On Big Ten, everything you need to know about the Big Ten Conference every single day. As we wrap up our week with our Friday co-host, Matt Sheehan, we're talking about everything that went down yesterday in the NBA draft. 60 players drafted, seven of them out of our Big Ten Conference, and we'll start right at the top, Matt. It's a Michigan player, so maybe not exactly who you want to be talking off right off the bat as our Locked On Spartans host. But to Orlando, Franz Wagner, number eight is a big, big pick for the Big Ten. To get somebody in the lottery, always huge. Big Ten consistently puts people there. But for Michigan basketball, obviously big to have that on their resume as well.
0: Yeah, last week I come here, we talked mostly about Jim Harbaugh's media day, and now we're gonna talk about two Michigan players drafted for the bulk of this segment. This is this is awesome for the lockdown Spartans host to be doing. Um no, on a real note, I, I think the Franz thing was a little surprising in a way. Um no doubt he's lottery talent, but I feel like all five thousand eight hundred and seventy-three mock drafts that I read, he was the highest that he was gonna go was nine to Sacramento. And for him to go eight to the Magic, hey, first of all, good for him. But yeah, I think A little bit of a surprise. Um, a a, a good. I I want to sell myself on it. A good spot for him to go. (laughs) I I say that because well, you you are paired up with Jalen Suggs. I mean, Orlando is just one of those organizations that keep on, you know, they're throwing spaghetti on the wall and seeing if one guy will stick that they could finally build around for the future. Um, and maybe you know, with having those two very talented guys in the top ten maybe this is the birth of something new. This is a horrible sales job. Who am I kidding? I I don't think the Magic are that great of an organization, but hey, maybe the tide turns for them in 2021 with this uh, duo of top 10 picks, one of them being from, of course, the big
1: 10. Well, I mean, Wagner's the guy who's just kind of classic modern NBA being able to shoot that three being able to get out and play defense too so he's someone who you think is going to be able to find a role on any team especially a magic team looking to find that kind of identity he'll be able to get his minutes out there Jalen Suggs is a guy he's playing with who was talked about as somebody who in many drafts could be a number one overall pick this is something that was considered a very very deep draft and When he fell to number five, it was something a bit of a gift for the Magic to be able to just get him right there. So if he becomes something special and a kind of superstar, and Wagner can be someone he just kind of is able to kick out to the wing to, be that complimentary scorer, then you could have something special going on with both of these picks here. But of course, that's wishful thinking. You don't usually get two gems in one draft if you're a team. You're looking to hopefully hit on one out of those two. But just looking at this roster you're right it, it's somewhere where they're just trying to find someone who sticks you got michael carter yeah. williams there who's been there forever former rookie of the year uh, you know they traded for markel fultz mo Bamba's on that team wendell carter jr another guy they traded for who they're just trying to make something good out of but yes right now they don't really have any of those pieces so it's a team that you expect to kind of be a team that has a two first round picks in the top 10 right now one of them there's one of them from those Chicago Bulls so it's just something where they're just trying to find something as a team and at least for his individual situation it's something where he's going to be able to get an opportunity right away which is very nice minutes are to be had
0: in Orlando uh star power is to be had in Orlando so yeah it's it's not a bad spot for him as far as, like, hey, opportunity goes. And, yeah, fellow young players to hopefully possibly grow with. Um, I, listen, I, I got even if it doesn't work out in Orlando, I got no doubt that Wagner can, you know, make it a, a double-digit year career in the NBA. Just like you said, the guy was built in the lab for today's NBA. Juan can shoot the three-play defense. Yeah, he'll, he'll be just fine. I got no problem talking about him because I'm happy that he's not in the Big Ten anymore.
1: So. <laughs> Yeah. yeah. Well, he's someone who, again, is going to have a lot of opportunity in Orlando. There's plenty of players who have been able to get themselves started in their careers in that city, but it's just hasn't it been hard, hasn't been easy enough for the organization to yeah. build up enough of those kind of guys, enough of those good starts to careers to be able to put together a good team yet. And it's part of the reason why they lost 50 games in a 70 game season last year. So they're trying to Gosh. get back into. <laughs> motion again but as we move on to the rest of the big 10 here i would assume a number 38 to chicago a a guy who went to illinois stays in illinois with the bulls ends up being a second round draft pick for a team that did not have a first round pick and somebody else who i I think is going to be able to get in and get some time right away i did his like nba draft profile for the locked on network and our draft preview thing that we had and it was something where I would assume he was really good at everything. And again, he fits for the NBA right now. He has a point guard with size who can score at every level, as well as move the ball around too. But while he has all those attributes, those are all things that he's just really good at. And he yeah. needs to be great at a few of those and establish himself as great as a few of those. And that's something that he can do over the first five years of an NBA career. It's just a question of, Will he and will he do it enough to sustain himself over everyone else? The Bulls, the team who end up taking that chance. And I think he's going to, again, on a team that's fringe playoff, even with the big trade they made to buy at the deadline. It's something where I think he has a chance to be able to carve himself a role right away again.
0: Yeah, like as I'm watching the second round last night, I keep on seeing names. It's like I in in five years, there's gonna be a lot of organizations that are gonna be wondering how on earth they let this guy go to X number pick. And I think, yeah, Desumu is definitely the, the poster child of that. I think in a few years organizations are gonna be looking around like this guy fell to 38? Like how how did any of us let that happen? I mean, it's a very deep, deep draft this year. And for him to go at 38, how fun is that for him to stay in his hometown? It, basically his home city in Chicago, like that's, that's a blast. That's a great story. Um, yeah. I'm a Pistons fan. So obviously Michigan state and Illinois have the rivalry, the Pistons bulls rivalry. So I will be rooting against them. But with that said, as I put my non-biased hat on great pick by the bulls, he should be uh, blossoming over there. Hopefully. So.
1: Yeah. It's somewhere again, even if he wasn't good at everything else, he's an outstanding defender and has size in the NBA. So that's mm-hmm. something that on its own, being able to have that perimeter defense is something that teams want on just by itself and while he's not like the outstanding three point shooter you might want him to be right now and or the outstanding passer that you would want him to be right now he's still good enough at those things and is good yeah. enough at scoring in every other way too and doing everything else on offense too he's such a complete offensive player and being able to move in transition is so big with him too i mean with that illinois offense last year i said it when we did that profile again he was the leader of the most electric offense in the country. You could argue with him and Kofi Mm -hmm. Cochran out there and just the way they were able to move that ball around. So not wanting to see that on an NBA floor, I don't get it either. But again, it's just one of those things that for some reason, just because he isn't as developed as they'd like him to be, maybe in all these things that people care about. Now he he starts to fall down because they just see, I guess it's the potential with the other guys that they see more that, is more of a question mark with Iota Will he be able to become great at enough of these things? And I, I guess it's a wait-and-see thing, but I'm just right now looking at him thinking, how can you not want to, when you look at the tape, when you see the guy, when these guys who are pros trying to do this, how can you not watch what he did and not at least want to see what he can do when he gets to that yeah. next level with the even more athletic and talented players? I don't get it.
0: And a guy that fits that mold perfectly, and sorry, don't mean to completely hijack the flow of the show here, but the next guy out of the Big Ten that was drafted, Joe Wieskamp. Like, doesn't he fit that exact mold of everything you were saying? I mean, the guy can shoot the three, good at a lot, on the cusp of greatness at a few things. But, yeah, that's a guy, 41 overall to the Spurs. I feel like, as much as I hate to say it, because I hated watching him play against Michigan State because he nuked us time and time again, it's like – Yeah, this guy, I think, could have a solid career. And how fun is that now in the second round of the NBA draft? You you know, there are a handful of guys in each second round where they are going to be factors one day. And sadly, I think that Joe Wieskamp could be one of those guys because, whew, that guy could play some ball, Nate. He could play some ball.
1: He can. And even with these guys who it seems like nowadays are, are fleeting, they have impactful careers too, while Wieskamp only lasts a few years in San Antonio, you, you just know he's going to be able to make an impact with what he has there on the floor. And it's always fun to try and talk about those guys and how they're going to mesh with Greg Popovich, too. So I'll ask you about sure. that and just his coaching style and everything he does. Camp was one of those leaders of that Iowa team. That has to be something that, obviously, Popovich liked and the Spurs just liked. But that organization in particular, it's always fun to try and figure out what is it about this guy that, Popovich in particular, and everyone over there in San Antonio, which seems to be thinking above everybody else for so much of the last 20 years, has been enjoying about what Joe camp can do. So what do you think it is about that? There's some mystique around what the Spurs do, man. And it, yeah, it dwindles a
0: little bit as you know the whole Duncan, Ginobili, and Parker era moves on. But still, as long as Pop is in that captain's chair... It, 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 they're almost like the Patriots in a way where like they make a move right. that really doesn't make sense, and it's like, oh, what's going on there? But I feel like Wieskamp was just such a no-brainer of a pick for them. I mean, it's a steal in the second round. You, you go around to all these different mocks, what the scouts are saying, and you know all these NBA draft experts, and it's like, oh, who could be a steal in the second round? I, I feel like I could never find a list that didn't have Camp on it. I mean, mm-hmm. he was definitely just – yeah, the the hot buzzword for who can be stolen in the second round here. So hey, good on the Spurs. Uh, they they won that and hopefully it pans out for
1: them. Well, we'll talk more about the rest of the draft as we wrap up here on Locked On Big Ten with Matt Sheen of Locked On Spartans every single day. You can of course hear everything about the Big Ten every day on our show. And of course, subscribe, follow whatever you do on however you're listening to make sure that you're always updated on when we're posting our episodes. Again, they come out every single weekday. We'll talk about the last four in the draft, drafted from the Big Ten in just a moment. A couple of players from opposing Big Ten teams heading to the same team, and the same team over in Michigan that took the number one pick. Matt's team, we'll talk about that later on in the program as well. As well as the one player out of Nebraska ball who got drafted, and the Turks got one player in drafted to as well in last night's events we'll talk about all of it in just a minute here as we wrap up the program you're listening into Locked On Big Ten finishing up here on Locked On Big Ten with our Friday co-host Matt Sheehan I'm Nate Dickinson Again, you can follow us on Twitter. His Twitter is at Sheehan underscore sports. I am at Nate with Sports. And of course, the show's at Locked On Big Ten, Locked On Big One Zero on Twitter. If you want to give us a follow and stay up to date on everything going on in the conference in between the cracks of when we get our shows out every day. Matt, we're talking about the rest of the draft here and the four guys drafted in the late second round of the Big Ten or of the NBA draft out of the Big Ten as well as a couple of guys who got signed after the draft and ended up getting their names onto some dotted lines as well. We'll talk about all of that right now, but let's start at the top of the list as we continue down with the number five guy, or here, let me make sure, No, number four guy, drafted out of the Big Ten, Isaiah Livers from Michigan, number 42 overall to your Detroit Pistons. So That's maybe right. you've got to look up at least a little bit more about this guy. I know you already knew a little bit about him from Michigan, Michigan State games. but Of course. Uh, What do you know about him, at least, and what do you think he'll fit into the Detroit Pistons kind of scheme with? Yeah, no doubt great shooter. I mean, north of 30% from three, I think north of
0: 85% from the uh, free throw line. Yeah, I mean, the the Pistons have a really young core right now. I mean, I I don't want to bore all the listeners talking stones right now, but yeah, it's a very young core. And of course, obviously, you have Cade Cunningham who went number one overall. Uh, with the space in the NBA, he's not going to be as uh, swarmed as he was at Oklahoma State. Should that happen, though? Hey, Isaiah Livers, I see you in the corner. Let me just pop this ball over to you to show us that sweet, silky stroke from three that you have. So it's it's, it's a great pick. And a former Big Ten uh, citizen, John Beeline, is now with the Pistons staff as well as a senior advisor. So, hmm, no wonder... Wonder who had a say in that pick right there for the Stones. But, yeah, no doubt. I mean, hey, I'm not jazzed about having root for Wolverine uh, coming to the Pistons. And all of the Michigan fans on Twitter for, you know, Pistons talk were like, oh, state fans, he's a great kid. It's fine. That's what doesn't sit well with me. I want my Wolverines to be hateable. like I, Nice kid, respectable. No, no, no. Fly a kite. I don't want to hear any of that. So, <laughs> At the end of the day, though. He could shoot a three, so that should be beneficial to my Pistons. That's right.
1: Well, we'll skip down another 10 picks to another guy who was pretty well-liked by everybody in the country with what he was able to do on the court in college last year, and another guy going to your team, Luca Garza, a guy who was, uh, again, you said just before we got started, you were surprised he got drafted. A lot of people were in the same boat, didn't think he would get drafted. Everyone knew he would get a chance to be able to do something with some sort of team at some point. But he ends up going number 52 to Detroit and take a flyer on one of the best players in college last year, not panning out or projected to be a great pro player, but somebody who, again, with Detroit, you're able to say that, hey, uh, I mean, why not? It's your last pick out there, and you got a guy who is dominant at the previous level. Why not see if it can at least in some way get on to the next one? Yeah. Absolutely.
0: And yeah, I'm, I'm thrilled that it's my team. That's the one that took a flyer on him because, yeah, th- there was a lot of knocks that had him undrafted. And yeah, he, you know, he's got a great three point shot, all this and that. But yeah, there are some holes in his game that doesn't necessarily translate to the NBA. And then again, hey, you're at pick 52. Why not take a guy that averaged a billion points per game last year? Um, and just see how it goes. Yeah, because that's one of the things too. I mean, it was very fun to try to root against Luca Garza, even though it backfired a lot more uh, than you would hope. It, it was impossible, though, to not respect his game. I mean, he was awesome. He always contributed on the court. He always showed up, and well, like his work ethic is second to none as well. So uh, yeah, I'm I'm glad uh, I actually get to root for him now. That's very fun uh, being a Pistons fan, and yeah. Good to see him out of the Big Ten as well, man. That's I don't don't want to worry about him anymore. Thank goodness.
1: Well, it's, yeah, yeah, that's big, but it's also big for him to go to a team like the Pistons, where again he could have a chance to get some time here if he can excel. I mean, there's so many situations like this where a player like this would, at the end of this draft, end up going to a team that where he kind of gets just buried into the bottom of the roster no matter what. There's no reason why he can't play in Detroit. You know he's going to be able to put up numbers in the summer league and cook there. So mm-hmm. as far as him getting a shot, I think it could happen with the Pistons. I mean, if there's any team where it could happen, it's the team where that number one pick went in Detroit. So, I mean, it's something where, again, it's a situation where Gars is going to have to prove himself, where maybe he's thinking to himself, I was the best player in the world at the college level last season. Why do I have to do that so much? But it's something where he just isn't what NBA teams want right now. And it's something where he's going to have to have to prove himself, but it's, he's going to have a chance. I think he's going to be able to at least see himself on NBA floors in a way where maybe these back of the round back of the draft players normally would not just because of exactly where he went and just how desperate the situation is there.
0: Yeah. And the the Pistons, their big man rotation is also in limbo now, especially after parting ways with Mason Plumlee uh, on draft night. Like right now, yes, they do have Isaiah Stewart, but beyond that, it's kind of just a revolving door of who's going to be playing the five, the the stretch four uh, for them. So, I mean, for Garza to get in that situation, get a few chunks of minutes here and there, maybe on a two way, maybe just straight up at the end of the bench. Hey, minutes are minutes, and I think they are to be had uh, in Detroit right now, especially for a guy that plays the way he does at the big man position. So I, I really hope I'm right on that.
1: Really I mean, really, right. <laughs> really all these guys, when you look at it, um, Orlando, Chicago, uh, Detroit, these are all situations where guys can play. San Antonio is yeah. a spot where Joe Camp is going to have to put in some work to get out there, but – and you look at OKC with Aaron Wiggins, who went number fifty-five out of Maryland. That's a spot where you're going to be able to find some situations where you yeah. can play. Uh, Nebraska got ended up going Delano Batten to Toronto. I mean, that's a team where they're trying to figure out what their next step is exactly. Mm-hmm. So you you have situations where guys are going to be able to play here where especially where these players in the big 10 were drafted back half of the second round. That's not where the bad teams are usually drafting. So these guys kind of got lucky at getting these spots where teams had the extra picks and were able to get them and they can hopefully move in and be able to be effective sooner than they normally would have if they're getting drafted by teams picking in like the 25th spot in the round. Those teams aren't the bad teams. Normally a guy like Luca Garza is able to go to a team or, He's not going to be just riding the bench, even if he does play well. Yeah. I, OKC fascinates
0: me with Aaron Wiggins. Like they have a, seemingly a 1,000 draft picks per year, All, always have a cast of young guys. So, man, it's almost like, yeah, you got picked by OKC, but it's almost like a tryout right when you get right. there because, well, yeah, OK, you're cool. You're in your early 20s, play good defense. You have an OK shot. Great. We have 19 of you uh, already in our organization. So if you could somehow find your edge over the rest of the people here, Good on you, but, yeah, I mean, so, hey, for for better or for worse, young guys in OKC, but, yeah, It can also get bottleneck there, too. We'll see if that's
1: the case with uh, Wiggins, though. I mean, that's what what I would call, like, the Iota Sumu thing, the Iota Sumu effect, is that he's good at everything, but it's just like, what is it that you're going to be better at everybody else then? Because there are plenty of guys in the NBA who are good at everything right now. It's why he wasn't a first-round draft pick. Uh, undrafted players, Aaron Henry, we mentioned, end up going to the Sixers, Dwayne Washington from Ohio State to Indiana and the Pacers. So, again, more Big Ten players are going to keep on getting chances. Those guys don't end up getting drafted, but they're going to be putting on NBA uniforms at some point, if only in the summer league with those little like reversible jumper things that they have to put on there but again it it still counts but um it's an nba jersey if it's not a game official regular season game jersey still an nba jersey but these guys are going to have opportunities who do you expect to kind of be someone who could sneak in there and make a roster out of the undrafted guys henry washington anybody else
0: yeah, Washington's a bucket, no doubt, but I got to be biased here. Uh, Aaron Henry, I mean, that, that's a guy who was slated to go to somewhere in the 40s. So to see him slide completely out of the draft is a bit of a surprise. Although I can see how it happened. Um, listen, he, he's long, he's a slatic. he's a great perimeter defender, a uh, good distributor. But yes, sometimes he does have a turnover issue. And his three-point shot last year left a lot to be desired, only at a 29% clip. Free throw shooting, 76%. So you could give or take that. Um, yeah, and there was one anonymous scout. Uh, the Athletic did a piece on anonymous scout sounding off on a bunch of guys. And one thing that always stuck with me ever since I read the piece was there's 10 of him in the G League right now. It's mm. like, mm, that's that's tough. That's a little fair, though. I mean, so if if he could focus on that shot, if he could kind of craft that, that'd be great. With that said, though, I don't think a team would necessarily need him. Hey, Aaron, uh, you got to make two threes for us per night. Like that's just not his game. So, if he could find his niche of just being the defensive stopper that comes off the bench, I mean that's the best way that he, he lands. And I mean, hey, he's I think he's elite at it personally. I mean that might be a homer thing to say, but I think he's elite at his perimeter defense. So maybe that is what gets him uh, a cup of coffee or more in the league here in the near future,
1: hopefully. Well, Matt, we've gone through everybody drafted and undrafted here in the Big Ten from last night. We'll, of course, have more players getting signed and getting on to summer league teams later on to talk about. But at least for now, we've gone through everybody in the conference at the moment. But what else, if anything, do you have big takeaways from last night? Anything else just to end on here before we close out on the week here on Locked On Big Ten?
0: I feel like if you're Kevin Warren, probably in your big leather chair, smoking a cigar, you feel good about seven guys getting drafted, right? I mean, sure, only one in the first round, but
1: all in all, eh, seven's a solid night for the Big Ten. Yeah, yeah I think seven's okay. I don't know if – I'm thinking about, like, I guess when you're talking Power 5 schools, you have the G League and now overseas guys to compete with, too. Right. I'm trying to figure out, like, is seven good, bad? I didn't look back and see, like, is it more or less than before, one in the first round, you want to do better than for sure, but I yeah. feel like seven's okay. Yeah, sure, solid. Yeah, big ol' <laughs> S. The, the S on the flag behind me stands for solid. That's that's right. <laughs> yeah, we could look it up, but we're yeah. gonna just say it's good. That's fine. It's
0: great. It's <laughs> awesome. Actually, not solid. It's, it's fantastic. Look at us go, Big Ten thriving. <laughs> probably it's probably the most ever. <laughs> yes, <laughs> let's talk about it. Let's let's have that dialogue.
1: <laughs> most of any conference ever. That's right. Hurry here, here first. No one fact checked that. Please. All right. okay. well, that's that's a way to end the show. Uh, Matt Sheehan with us here every Friday on Locked On Big Ten to end the week on a high note. And, of course, you can hear him on Locked On Spartans every single weekday, keeping you up to date on everything going on with Michigan State sports. You'll be back next week with us, Matt, and Tilzai. You can follow him at Sheehan underscore sports. I'm at Nate with sports. The show is at Locked On Big One Zero. Is it at Locked On Spartans on the Twitter, Matt? I get so confused with how I everyone's think it's at on
0: Spartans for us. You think I don't know Spartans. the top of my head,
1: but I'm seventy nine percent sure it's just on Spartans. Yeah. I want to say right, now that you say it, I think you're right. I believe it's all at right. on Spartans, but as we've established, we're not going to look it up. So you can go ahead and find it or try and find it however you can, and whenever you do, be sure to give him a follow over there too. Matt, thanks for joining us here on a Friday. It's always fun to have you with us. We'll talk to you next week if we can find a way to get a hold of you. Sure, great time as always, guys. Have an awesome weekend, everyone. Go green. You've been listening into Locked On Big Ten. We'll be back on Monday with Jay Stevens here on a Monday show.